0: Jews I was just talking to Pastor Dale ahead of time the Jews had a book with a hundred hundreds of rules in addition to everything in the Old Testament somebody said there's over 600 rules laws and regulations right and they had a book that I believe was the Mishnah and in there if I remember a couple things correctly Pastor Dale and I were talking about this you know if if you had a chicken that laid an egg on the Sabbath you could not eat that egg because that chicken worked now, we chuckle and laugh about it, and there was hundreds of these. How far you could walk on the Sabbath, so you kind of have to try to plan. You know, all of the rules and regulations, everything that they added, they're traditions rather than the Word of God. Folks, I'm not talking about traditions that, that like baking and Christmas lights and going to see something this time of year, which our family always tries to do to help us have our focus right. I'm talking about human rules that are traditions that usurp the scriptures. Go against what the scriptures clearly, clearly teach. I have had conversations with other people, and most of the time somebody asks me, could you talk to this person, this friend of mine, you know? uh, Can you talk to them about... And I have had conversations and hours of conversations trying to convince somebody that their tradition wasn't just a human tradition it was anti-biblical and they were trusting in their tradition and no matter how many passages of scripture how many how many places I showed them this is what the scripture teaches it's opposite of what you're saying they felt their tradition of their denomination or religion came before the word of God how do we know we haven't fallen into that Never when you read about the Pharisees and the teachers of the law say, well, that's not me. We want to make sure that that's not, you know. Traditions that are dangerous, they put our soul in danger of eternity. And this is exactly what Jesus is saying. You have a fine way of doing that. And your worship, your faith, whatever it is, it is in vain. Not my words, Jesus' words. Number two, let's do something fun because there are traditions, number two, that are fun. All right, we got the bad news out of the way. You know, there are traditions that are fun, right? They put up an ice skating rink in Cleveland, Ohio, right? You can skate outdoors, ice skate and stuff like that. It's about four by four, you know, so you go around and round a circle, you fall over. It's not very big, but it's there, and you can ice skate. Maybe that's your tradition. You know, do you bake a cake for Jesus It's because it's his birthday, I know that that's what Marsha and that's what the children are going to be doing here Christmas Eve. Hope that you'll come out. Christmas Eve, you know somebody who needs Christ? They're going to hear the gospel in an easy, a simple way, hopefully a powerful way. We'll have a skit that goes wrong with it that'll help uh, draw and paint a picture of that. What is it for you? You know, traditions that are fun. You know, in my house, you never opened a gift Christmas Eve. Never. In Maria's house, they opened all their gifts Christmas Eve so what do you think happens in our house you're right we open them all on Christmas Eve yeah that's right <laughs> you know, whenever she says that's exactly when we're going to do it right the, these are the things that are fun you know when I talk to adults about Christmas uh, traditions they talk about how much fun they were when they were growing up the funny thing is is no child thinks to themselves well this is going to be my tradition they just kind of happen All of a sudden, they're growing up, and they're saying, oh, well, this is what my family did. We did these fun things, and they're passed down to one another, and they get a little bit older, and they say, our family tradition is this, right? Elf on a shelf, right? The family tradition, you know? We had that before that was there. My son had a little stuffed animal called Chicky, And when Josh went to sleep, I moved Chicky from here to there and told him he was flying in the middle of the night, but he could only fly when you were asleep. Traditions of lying. <laughs> Elf on a shelf, bunch of lies. You know, if there's any children in here, I apologize for that. You know, you know tra- tra- these fun traditions, you know. You don't have this reference, but in Colossians 2, 5, Paul says, when I am far away from you, my heart is with you. And the reason his heart was with him is said, he rejoiced because you're living as you should live. And now one of the things I know about traditions, they travel. Paul wasn't with them. But he rejoiced to know that they were living there. And that's one of the things, traditions travel. You know, not everybody and not all family members can be with each other. Sometimes you're going to different family members, out of state, maybe somebody's in the military, but traditions travel. And so wherever it is you go, there are traditions that are fun and can travel, and I hope you'll do some spiritual ones. We'll talk about that in a minute. And maybe your family grew up, and they say, you know, we always went. And, and kind of drove through or walked through where there was a live nativity scene. And so wherever you're at, you can Google it or you can look for it or you can, you know, do a little bit of research. Where could you go? You could find something you could create because traditions travel. You know, cutting down a Christmas tree, decorating with all, putting the ornaments on, driving where there's lights, baking, whatever it is. We should create traditions that are fun and most especially for children children should have fun and we enjoy watching them have fun. There is nothing wrong with that. Let's redeem Christmas for our children and I know that we'll have a lot of fun doing it. I was telling the uh, uh, lifeline that our children kind of created their own. They would find they, we had this little baby's first ornament and they would, they would hide it on the tree and the other two would have to try to find it. And that became, as I was talking about it, Elizabeth started smiling because she could remember what it was and maybe her kids would do that or whatever and that they would hide it and they would try to find it and they'd have a lot of fun doing it. At Christmas time, we should be having some traditions that are fun because traditions that are fun, they created and they are created in our kids' hearts and in our grandkids' hearts. They are traditions and they grow old, they're not even going to know it. They're going to say, hey, our family tradition was this. Never having planned that that's exactly what it would be. So there are traditions that are dangerous. Please understand, our traditions about our faith cannot usurp or take the place of Scripture. There are traditions that we enjoy that are fun. Nothing wrong with that. Number three, there's traditions that are spiritual. One of my daughters started doing the Advent um, uh, app on the Bible app. And she was talking about it, and then my wife took a look at it. before you know it, the whole family, one of the things you can do is you can do something spiritual, something with the family, something personally, and that's fine. But they they got on the Advent. I I know the Candace, uh, friends of ours, every year they do the Advent and the Advent with all of their family. And they began over at Lifeline to pass it on down to their children in the children's ministry, things that they worked towards, things that they said, you know, here's what this stands for. There should be spiritual traditions that help us keep on track you know it's okay to have traditions that are fun but why not use the power of of a tradition to transmission the spiritual truths into the hearts and lives of all of us and to our children i have 1 corinthians 11 there you have verse 2 but the context of the principle is paul starts out by saying hey everybody follow my example As I follow the example of Christ, and in verse 2 he says, I praise you for remembering me in everything and for holding to the traditions just as I pass them on to you. Now this tradition, this word here, I looked it up, the word actually means the subject of a teaching or a precept the spiritual traditions or truths that he was teaching them. He was happy as could be. He says, I followed them. I want you to follow them That's as we all follow Christ. So create traditions that support biblical truth, right? What is it that you're going to do, whether you have children or not, to show that serving is important? What if you created a tradition that you said, you know, every year this is what we do. We go and we serve somebody less fortunate. Great spiritual opportunity to not only help you and me and children, grandchildren, understand, you know, it's not just about all of the gifts. It's not just about all of us. It's about what we can do for somebody else. And then we say, you know, Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve. And you and I can learn something spiritually and pass down a tradition that has a spiritual truth in it. You know, why are we doing this? Like I said, you know, I have a. a, I think I shared this last week. There's a, a guy that I know. He's pretty well off. Every year he wants to know if there's some families he can help. I'm just the transmission. I take what it is he wants and I get a chance to pass it to somebody else and say, This isn't from me in any way, shape, or form. This is from the Lord. It's a tradition now that he's done for years and now he's pulled his daughter into it. He's teaching his daughter. And he let his daughter make the decision who they would go to. He is passing it off and creating a spiritual, a spiritual, spiritual tradition. Traditions uh, that are spiritual cement our hearts is what is meant to be. What does it mean to be a follower of Christ? Let's get some traditions that do that. I talked to somebody else. They said every year at Christmas time, the father, the husband would hang a spike in the Christmas tree. Because he wanted his children to remember Jesus were celebrating his birth, but he's going to the cross, and he's going to the cross for our sins. What type of spiritual tradition will you and I put in place that will line up with the scriptures? And then number four is a personal tradition. There are traditions that are personal, something that you do that makes you more like Christ. One of the things that we learned from Dr. Christopher Bounds was is that the whole purpose of theology, the study of God, was to get a little more knowledge I get it in your head, but if you have knowledge without love, the Bible says you just puffed up in the head. And so the purpose of theology is to make you more like Christ. It's to make me more like Christ. And so if we take a personal tradition and the whole purpose of theology is to make me more like Christ, what could I possibly put into place that makes me more like Christ? And I tell you, I love this story of Anna here. It's in Luke, the second chapter. If you don't know, Luke, the second chapter is basically the story of Jesus and his birth. And then Simeon came and he was in the temple. Mary and Joseph, they show up with Jesus. They're getting ready to dedicate him like we dedicate newborns at this church children to the lord and then as they're walking through the temple they come across anna and i believe you only have verse 36 uh, luke 2 36 there was a prophet anna the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of asher very important some of the different things I'll, I'll get to something else here in just a minute but asher was the second son of jacob And when Jacob prayed over his 12 sons who created 12 tribes over Asher, he prayed a blessing of the land and a blessing on him. And now this blessing is bestowed on Anna that she happens to be in the temple area at the time the Messiah is there. It says it goes on to say she was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years. She was married seven years with her husband, then widowed. The scripture says she's about 84 years old. She never left the temple. She worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. And most people, when they look at this, they think, well, this isn't really a tradition. Oh, yes, it is. This is a spiritual tradition. This was not required. What she did is uh, she spent her days, night and day, worshiping, fasting, and praying. She never left the temple. I can just imagine... When her husband first died, you know, it's just like, well, we'll just leave her alone, we'll just leave her in there, and then, you know, she's she's 84 years old, and it's been a long time, and she's still there. Verse 38, coming up to them, Mary and Joseph and, and the baby Jesus, at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. This was Anna's personal devotion her personal tradition is what she did and she got to be there she got to be in that place when the Messiah now I don't know how much you know about the place of women in Judaism but the place of a woman how many women do you know that the scriptures would say she was a prophet just to get that title Anna the prophet she's in the temple folks this isn't the place that women go, and yet she was there. Who's going to run her out? Here she is, and she's here at the right time, and out of this tragedy in her life, you got a tragedy going on? You got a testing, a trial? Out of the tragedy in her life, she creates a tradition that leads her to see Jesus. What tradition are you creating that helps you see Jesus? Jesus. That's what Anna's whole, rep- that was what her life was about. Let's create personal traditions that deepen the true meaning of Christmas for us. The rest of the world may be celebrating it for all the wrong reasons, but let us create traditions personally. Maybe this is between you and Jesus. Maybe your husband, your wife, nobody else knows, and then maybe if that's okay if they do. But what are you doing to make it deeper for you rather than just complaining about what everybody else and how they're misusing it? Let's redeem December and the traditions of it sometimes there's got to be something that helps us see the Messiah and that's what traditions can do most especially if they're personal they can deepen our walk this time of year that we see the Messiah I don't know if you notice how, how powerful traditions are or I've thought about it because honestly until I prepared this message I I really didn't think about how powerful traditions are you know what other thing do you try to teach your children purposefully that they rebel against and here, nobody you don't really you don't really get up and say well let's do this for Christmas and this tradition all of a sudden they're on their own and of their own free will they're saying well this is our family's tradition what? And it becomes their tradition. It's happened with our children. It's how we do things. And we're saying, well, you're going to have to adjust. You've got to blend. You've got to mold to whatever your husband or with somebody else's tradition. But traditions embed in the memory, in the soul of us and our children because they're around fun times. They move us in around times where we are Emotional where we sense things, where we smell things, where we eat things. It, that you want to create a memory? You put all of those senses together and they create it deep. Colossians 2.8 reminds us that they are so powerful that traditions can be dangerous. Colossians 2.8, Paul says to the Colossians, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. I guess that could possibly happen then. He says there's two things you want to watch out for. These hollow and deceptive, these philosophies, these, they maybe they're, they're theological, they depend on human tradition, number one. They depend on human tradition and on the elemental spiritual forces of this world, which basically is just the pressures of the world. And the one thing about the Scriptures that travels is no matter what country and where you live, that can apply. Every place we go and everywhere we go, there can be these pressures and these principles of the world that we rely on, and it ends by saying, rather than on Christ. So this is a time for us to examine our hearts. So this isn't a time to look at somebody else or look at what it is that somebody else is doing wrong. They are powerful and traditions are powerful. That's why we're talking about it, but we need to be very careful about them. The asterisk in, in your notes there is simply the thought that I had as we put this together is, have you ever thought about the power traditions have? You know, we're always trying to find different ways to teach, and one of the things Pastor Dell taught us out in the middle of the week is, is that Jews... by telling stories or painting a picture. Americans, we communicate through facts lots of times. Here's the facts. You ought to just pick the facts up. And I say to every person, every mom and dad who's here today, you want to teach your children when they do something right or do something wrong, somehow connect it emotionally because it'll help them learn it better than just, just the facts. Have you ever thought about how powerful traditions are? That they can be so powerful that people will follow bad traditions, wrong traditions, traditions that are made by man rather than the Word of God. So I have in your notes that the traditions teach, don't they? Traditions, they teach in a lot of different ways because you're painting a picture. It's a powerful way to paint a picture, and we already looked at the fact that they can be dangerous. They can be dangerous. Dangerous, especially if they usurp the scriptures. Be careful you're not relying on something for your salvation or your eternal life other than on the solid word of Jesus Christ. And they can be fun. That's a wonderful way to teach. Thank you to the Lord. God is okay with fun. God's okay with fun. I hope you're okay with fun. Good, clean fun. Have some fun. Number three, we talked about that they teach us, and they teach us spiritually. You know, how are the traditions teaching me Remind me of something spiritually? And then personally, what am I doing to make sure I am more like Christ? What am I doing? Traditions teach, right? My, uh, Maria's father, he was pretty creative. He would, at Christmas time, leading up to Christmas, I don't know how many days before, he'd put up the manger scene. And then the next day or two, maybe the wise men would show up. And then maybe the animals would show up. And he would not put Jesus in the manger until Christmas morning. And She remembers it. He wasn't there yet. He came. There was a time when there was no Jesus, and then there was a time when there was Jesus. What is it that you use to teach? I mean, I know that you probably have some traditions that irritate your children like I have. For example... Every year, you talk to my kids, I buy them a packet of um, fruit-striped gum. It loses its flavor in about three chews. There is a colored-striped zebra on it, and every year, it's in their stocking. Oh, Dad's got this stupid gum. Honestly, it started out, I thought it was cool. I got it when I was a kid. You know, you never see it. It's hard to find. It's really hard to find, and the best part about it is since they never chew it they they throw it in you know everybody's got one of those drawers you got all those drawers all that stuff's in there they throw in that drawer I don't got to go out and buy it again I just pick them up and put them in their stocking again next year (laughs) in the story of Fiddler on the Roof Tevye has five daughters how about that sis Mom and dad, five, uh, the worst part is I had five sisters, that's the hard thing, it's harder on me, five, and the whole tradition is, is a matchmaker would help all of the daughters find a man, and if you had money, and if you were in a place, you know, you find a really nice guy, if you get a chance, go to YouTube, and, 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 Watch the scene, you know, where they sing matchmaker, matchmaker, find me a match, you know. And they're so excited, and then they realize they ain't got no money, they ain't got no place, and they're just thinking, oh, my gosh, we're going to get some ugly hag. And they do try to hook up. But these daughters have this crazy thought. we would really like to marry for love? That breaks tradition. The first one, mm, yeah, he, he yields. The second one, oh, man, he yields. The third one, I'm a third. He blows his top. He is tired of breaking traditions. Because their tradition is there is a matchmaker who will find a man and a woman and put it together. I would really like to possibly practice that myself, but I digress. Because you are here today, and I just have this sense that you're thinking Jesus can't really use you or wouldn't use you or used to use you or or doesn't want to, uh, you know, maybe be seen with you. And while the matchmaker was trying to find the perfect match, God the Father matched you up perfectly with His Son, Jesus Christ. He knows you. He loves you. The traditions that we practice are there to be practiced to help us become more like Christ. But I have this sense, which I'll, we don't feel worthy. If you don't feel worthy today, Jesus wants you to know you are. Maybe there's something you have to get right, but He wants to use you. He wants to use you if you will but surrender and say, I need you. Born a sinner. Somebody, I, I love the definition. I, I've heard it before. Who are we as Christians? We were, were beggars who were looking for bread, and we found where to get it, and all we're doing is somebody else. Not, we're, we're trying to show them, here's where I know you can get bread. Here's where I know you can have your sins forgiven. Matchmaker. jesus christ you and him you're a perfect match not him all alone not you all alone but the two of us the two the two of you together what is he calling you to do what is he asking you to step up to do and you think man i could never do this by myself exactly right but if you have that sense that the spirit is leading you you and him you're the perfect match Father God, would you bow your heads of me as we look into the scriptures today and as we do our best to redeem the traditions that are in us, around us, and we want to be careful not to pick up traditions that should not be picked up and the ones that are anti-biblical, Lord. We want to be careful that uh, we know that the scriptures teach who it is we can pray to, not to other people in the world, but there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Lord, help us in our traditions not to wander down a path that is dangerous. And then, Lord, this, this month, traditions, they are practiced more than any other month or time of the year. May you help us redeem them for the glory of God and Lord today, the one who is here, the two, those that are here today, you're calling them to step up. You're calling, you're stretching them and they're thinking, I'll never do it, but you spoke to them this morning and said, Hey, you and me were a perfect match. Together we'll do it, and we will do it in love. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.